Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Loud and Proud podcast. These are the free ones. I think there's another 80 on the Loud and Proud Patreon podcast as well. So don't forget to sign up there. Um, loads and loads and loads to go through tonight. A ton of stuff all across the nation, all across the county. And I just want to touch on the two podcasts I did during the week as well at the end. Uh, I'm going to put up a lot of the podcast with... Uh, Keith Arnold and Sean Kilroy because the field are very important they're going to help a lot of people so I might as well share it with everyone for free uh, because I think it's very important with lockdown and just uh, a little bit that they made a little point that they made at the, at the end of that podcast we did with them during the week okay so we'll, we'll get into a couple of things here and uh, a couple of teams are starting to emerge across the county across the country as well, and there are the there are the the training, the COVID training. There is a big kind of batch of retirements and star coaches emerging everywhere. And then also, I just want to reflect on. I think I'll start here. I just want to reflect on Davy Fitzgerald, and he was on Friday night on the Late Late Show. And in terms of trolling and uh, online bullying and what have you, uh, so let's just listen to Davy and what he said. In, in, in his chat with, with Ryan Tuberley. To tell you the truth, it's been tough, but two people from my club, our club chairman, Paddy Meehan, um, who's a, a great man, and a fellow called Father Harry Bohan, who um, will be a mentor of mine, and he's incredible in our parish. They came to us and they said, enough is enough. We need to stand up. To um, what? Online bullying and certain things that would have happened. Like it would have been... Of your, of your father? Yeah, it's it's probably going on maybe four or five years. Um, there would be, I think, there's pages and pages and pages of abuse there and different things. It isn't nice. And, and your dad was singled out for attention in these in this abuse. Yeah, he would. I would have probably got a bit earlier on. They were glad to get rid of me or declare a few of them. And um, so they were. And then when I went, they said, "Sure, he's next to go and get rid of him as well." You know, and um, they didn't stop and. In my head before, when this has gone on, I'd have said to myself, maybe all the people in Clare wanted to get rid of you. And then I said to myself, the more I thought about it, it wasn't. It's only a bunch or it's only a few people behind the keyboard who have an agenda who are at this. And um, yeah. it's, it was pretty, if you've seen some of the stuff, Ryan, it's pretty, pretty out there, you know. But we have to, and, and I'm glad my club came out with the letter. I'm so proud of them for doing that because the easiest yeah. thing to do would have been just say, Davey, we support you. Yeah. And Pat, we support you, but they didn't. They went further than that. But as Father Harry and them said to me, Davy, this is bigger. This is about everybody. Nobody should be subject to that in society. So good man, Davy. He uh, he stuck up for his father, who's a prominent um, county board member in Clare for for donkey's years, uh, different roles across the across the band. But he, he Davy knows knows how, how to kind of work it as well. In terms of getting his uh, speak out on national TV, in terms of hitting the right point, and it's a fairly it's a fairly good point. The bullying and the online kind of uh, kind of the online world we, we we kind of lead at the moment. I uh, I listened to Oshie McConville who was on RT as well during the week, and he did he did a thing. He he just kind of highlighted what he he does with people during the week and in his council role, and he he said. You would get young people, young players to talk about the pros and cons of social media. And a lot of uh, 
there's a lot more cons to, to pros on social media but everyone has to be on it and I think that's uh, just in my kind of my experience with kind of troll and what have you is um, look at it, it happens and it's there and it's 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 funny because you don't really feel I, I maybe I'm doing it for so long but I, I do get the odd comment like don't get me wrong I got a lot of comments people being smart and people being kind of hurtful and trying to dig at you but you don't mind when when they have their name up there but it's when they don't have the name up there and they're going digging, it's kind of, that lets your mind wander. Because first of all, they said a nasty thing. But when they when they don't put the name to it, you kind of think, right, this person could be fairly close to me. Or this person knows me and is not saying it. So that that's where it kind of gets a bit, a bit kind of creepy and a bit kind of under your skin and it lets your mind, and once your mind starts to wander. But in the general, I think it, maybe it's a generational thing with Davy and his father. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, like my generation, more and, and more younger, they kind of let a lot of it slide. They know that if it's a faceless thing, if it's an egg on Twitter, they know fine well that it's it's someone not to be taken really any heed of. Now I do know it does get it does get into people, and I've had people get on to me see how to deal with it, but it's uh, it's very yeah, it'd be very like people. A lot of people that listen to this are fairly savvy with the Twitter and the social media and Instagram and all that with the messages, but it does happen. It does. It does get in there. But you kind of know. Uh, people would say sometimes that I'm a troll, uh, <laughs> trolling people. But I kind of, I just want to get in there. That the way I look at it is, it's a generational thing. Back in the day, when I was say. When I was playing, obviously I'm still kind of playing. But I would you you would go and you'd look straight for the paper to see what was said, to see what you scored, to see who else scored. And I think it's just an extension of that now is is having your podcast and having people online, and the online reports are up straight away as well. Or on Twitter, it's happening or instantaneously of what was said. And I think that's just an extension of. It. I think it's just how the newspaper is kind of dwindling and how things are gone online, and. To be honest, I'm fairly fair because I know that I know I can be empathetic with the player or the manager who's done it, who's made the mistake. I I never was, I never have been a keyboard warrior. I've never been on those Hogan stand uh, forums. Um, a lot of people think I have, but I haven't. It's it's something I stayed away from, uh, but if I feel strongly to go about kind of doing this. And it's it's always being being fair, never being personal. Definitely never being personal. That's one thing I detest. Anyone being personal on articles, on columns, on opinion pieces, and that that's just kind of where where you can kind of feel for Davy. And I, I like I don't think it's really been that uh, apparent in loud. There hasn't been that sort of negative or nasty undertone. Uh, no one really got at anyone or got kind of sele- selected victim um, or, or received that punishment crime. Um, we don't really want to take anyone down in loud. Uh, maybe there's not that person to take down. But uh, just getting back to myself, yeah, I would always find myself trying to be fair and uh, and that, it's gotten me in good stead. I, I don't want to, like, it's, it's, it's it, you get no credit for it. You might get a quick hit here and there, like I'll go at someone if they, if they if I feel very very strongly against it, but what you kind of tend to do is you tend to avoid is, 
have an argument with someone on on these things on these platforms because you end up you end up like the two years end up just even if it's a crazy person getting on to you you end up getting dragged in and you and uh, you look crazy then as well so you kind of try and avoid that at all costs um, you know your mind and and it's happy it, like it's it's a happy medium as well when you can talk to, to to your lads around you or talk to the players or talk to your teammates or talk to your family and all that about this sort of stuff because that that's where it does get in you like I say I'll get back to that point where people are, who are anonymous and they know you that that's where you're like these people are close to me and that's where it kind of gets a little bit upsetting um, but fair play for Davey for bringing it out there and uh, look at he's obviously using his motivation which is a thing you can use as well so yeah I just want to touch on that and then right another thing another point you've probably seen it or got it on your whatsapp and the down team have uh, have been caught training by the PSNI I think they're in the Abbey CBS or Coleman's training doing a training session they said it wasn't a fitness test that it was a couple of groups together regardless they um they broke the rules and um, the COVID rules because teams weren't supposed to be back training until the fifteenth at an inter county level. But uh, even on on Monday, the GA revised that, and um, yeah, that I think it's it's prohibited until I think it's the end of the end of this month, end of lockdown, thirty first, like us all. So it'll probably push back to February the way they're looking at it. But um, yeah, so down were caught. I think Cork were also um, acting the maggot as well. In uh, on the beach in y'all, and I think a couple of other teams as well. But there's another Leinster team as well that got got reprimanded for it. It's a funny one. So don't get caught. I suppose is is the main thing. Is the main directive coming from the the down training session? But like, it is a funny one in general because is the GA isn't an elite sport? If so, why are they not allowed to train like elite sportsmen like you'll see in England um, you see the the, province, the provincial rugby teams they'll train away the, the horses are even being uh, trained every day I don't know whether you can get COVID from horses but that's the point I'm making and stressing that um, f- all credit to the GA for shutting it down um, on behalf of the inter-county squads and um, club club uh, club chairmen and club people to shut down their facilities and their gyms and their playing pitches till the 31st of January, till the end of lockdown, till the end of level five. But it it is still an elite sport and they're going to be playing, they're going to be allowed to play the league in February. Maybe that gets delayed, but they'll be playing championship this year in the first half of this year. Um, so how are they allowed to play an elite sport without that elite preparation? That's where they kind of that's where it kind of lies, and that's where it's conflicting. Um, would you be annoyed if Loud were training away? Uh, horrors of football. I'm not too sure people would be. Uh, maybe a slight part of people would be thinking, right, come on, we're all in this together. But how are they allowed to do it? But then, when you're watching the games on TV, sport is giving you that kind of lift, even in uh, the club championships, you're able to watch them on Darver. Although you weren't there in person, um, they were still able to train away and provide that I don't know it's just a very conflicting one and it's very that's where the kind of GA gets kind of blurred into that amateur slash quasi professional kind of grade um, so I don't know um, like you, you'll hear teams like there's no way Dublin reached that level without without training the whole way through um, you, you would have heard teams close to Laird allegedly 
trained the whole way through. They actually got beaten by Dublin. Anecdotally, they would have been training the whole way through as well. So I know Lair didn't train the whole way through the last time with insurance purposes and what have you. And that's noble as well, but this is a results kind of based business and you want to get the best out of it. Do you just push that limit? Is that a sign of pushing the limit? Um, showing that dedication and uh, and driving on and, and doing that training collectively. Probably not. You probably don't get the full sessions. I know maybe the underage teams are probably sacrificed, but they're probably given in the individual programs. It's just something to ponder and something that's been kind of that's kind of out there as well in the realm um, of of like of like I suppose wait when you're conflicting when you're thinking oh god I'm 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 not I'm not going uh, without me f- f- uh, into people's homes I'm not doing the going down to my own local pitch I'm not going to 5k and then you hear other teams are and you hear other people are doing different things or going to house parties and whatever all this kind of things comes into the realm but uh, yeah that's just thing that's just kind of something to be touched on with regards to COVID and the down team and the Cork team training away, um, I'll leave it. I'll leave it kind of open ended on that one. Next kind of thing before we get it, before we wrap things up, um, the coaches we have a we we have a star coach. You hear Karen Donahue. You hear Gary Rogers going to Monaghan. You hear Donahue uh, going to Armagh. Your Declan Brown is back in with Tip. Paddy Christie was already there beforehand. I suppose we have a, a star um, managerial package in itself. Um, but we I see we have recruited Steve Williams in recent weeks, and um, so we're we're still we're, we're on that trend. Probably early on in the trend, Steve Williams was signing goalkeeping coach. Would have worked with Neymar and would have been a very very accomplished goalkeeper. With well, I remember more more or less with Shelburne, um, back in the early noughties, maybe the nineties. I'm not I'm not too sure how far he goes back, but he'll come in with Laird, and um, taking over from Shane McCoy, who was there last season. So uh, yeah, very interesting. He's, he, he, actually, his GA connection as well. His son Neil was uh, is very good footballer. I think he won. Uh, no, they didn't win it on the. He's on the under twenty Dublin team last. He didn't win in All Ireland. Would have would have Sigurdsson some all right with DCU. But yeah, he's good footballer. Maybe we'll try and get him transfer him in. Um, but so he had that GA get background as well. Kind of he's he's worked with teams all over. Worked teams in fourteen. He has worked with the Martins last year. So that just shows the the money and the kind of. The what would you what would you say the um, the right mo- the right not money but the right kind of targets are being facilitated for the to give the best opportunity for the players in the county. Um, a lot of teams have have uh, announced during the week retirements. Actually, I wouldn't mind actually getting Steve Williams on have a chat with him. Um, I have an interesting guest lined up this week as well. Should be on the tours the podcast. Usually get someone on during the week, so it'll kind of go along that team of wellness and fitness and nutrition and all that so yeah stay tuned um, Loud Footballer um, going to come on the podcast and have a chat about nutrition yeah there you go um, yeah so the, the, another trend that's coming up is that's on the Patreon podcast as well is, is retirements um, you see Mayo and Kerry have just lashed out the retirements um, Graham Riley thankfully is retired from 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 Mead as well he used to just he just loved playing against Larry, kicking points on the run. <coughs> but I'd be glad to see the back of him. Uh, but I don't. There hasn't been any Larry retirements. I don't know why that is. It must be because they have to register with the GPA or something for the following season, and players aren't getting registered, and that's why they're they're um, 
not uh, well, that's why there is the kind of announcements I suppose so I must follow up on that but you see other teams have, have announced oh such and such is back and it's great to get him back into the fold and but not not really much mention about Andy McDonald being back who shouldn't probably be announced he's back in with the loud fold should be a, na- a national story should be on RT or on the 42 that if why 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 do other teams have that kind of high profile and we don't? Um, so yeah, and a couple of others as well in there. So I'll have that podcast up as well. Um, just a couple more uh, bit of correspondence before I finish. Um, the under twenties panel was picked. I went through it all during the week. All thirty eight names. I only had thirty seven out of thirty eight when I went to record. And thankfully, fair play to you out there. Give me the thirty eight player that was Keen Rogan, a goalkeeper from Cooley. So I have the full 38 and I go through each and every player and players who didn't make it as well. So have a listen out to that as well. But uh, just to finish on this, and I'll just start with probably a good point, a good a good bit, um, good bit at the start and to finish with the kind of key thing I want to leave. And uh, I got on uh, Sean Kilroy, Keith Arnold from SKF, um, S- Sean Kilroy Fitness in Drogheda. Um, Sean good footballer in his own right and won a minor with the Blues in 2004 and wouldn't you believe it 10 out of that 15 went on to win Joe Awards of that uh, Blues minor team really really savage Column Judge probably the best known John Commode Stephen Moonan Cormac Reynolds Jimmy Murray uh, who has Niall Costello Craig Owen uh, Hugh McGinn he was on that team as well but uh, Sean Corroy kicked two points out of the side of half time, steadied them, they didn't play that well against Balotelloon, Trevor Bryan's Balotelloon, that amalgamation, and they were fairly rattled, nearly, nearly lost in the end. But Sean Corroy played very well in that, and did come back to play GA after, but he's a very good boxer in his own right. Um, he, he is a chat, he he, he kind of opens, and then Keith Arnold, who played for the Blues as well, but would be more well known for playing with the Knicks underage, uh, loud underage, and the Knicks. Um, really good footballer in his own right, soccer background as well. So we get into it, and Sean, I asked Sean about the strength of GA players and um, what to do in this block of kind of three or four weeks. Is that the thing? Like, because the way it is now, it's going to be a split season. The club is the club is probably going to come back say April May but it will be kind of pre-season work but that's probably obviously going to be shut down at the end of January is there stuff there like you could do heavyweights or do you just go hard long runs or what's the best thing to do Sean what would you go for yeah so there's obviously you know many different components of your fitness uh, when you're looking at PA right. and strength training is a big one like I always found getting fit was the easy part you know couple of runs couple of sprint, sprint sessions and you know you're starting to get fit the biggest thing that we found with, with many GA players, especially when they come in when they come into our gym, uh, is the, the strength. They're, they're not they're not too strong, and unfortunately right. for that for the player, strength training uh, to get strong takes takes time. It takes a considerable amount of time. It takes three to four months until you really start feeling, you know, the, the benefits of say strength training. Uh, so it's it's been a big mistake for GA players when they finish the season in the summertime, September time. Uh, and then just stopping and coming pre-season again in January or February to start that strength training. So that post-season time is probably the perfect opportunity for them GAA players to get involved straight into a strength and conditioning program and build uh, that strength base over 
over that season. Uh, for, like I said, the components of, you know, your aerobic endurance and stuff, that's fine. Get out, get running, do some couple of sprint sessions. And then also, this, the, it's the little things, like Keith mentioned, things to do at home. Hamstrings, uh, exercises, uh, upper body, lower body, body weight exercises, they're all going to play its part uh, for, for, for the player. And do you think that's why the GA players aren't that strong? They go hammer and tong, do what, six weeks start of the season in the gym, and then once the footballer and the hard the ground hardens up, that's it, Keith, isn't it? Is that, is that why they're not weak? Are you just they're all weak in general, or compared to you? Me, me Stan had a good a lot of conversation over the last couple of years about the structure of the, the way the Gaelic do, it. and so yeah. especially clubs. I know County probably are a little bit more advanced, but the clubs like they finish obviously depending on when the season finishes, not September, October, and then they literally take eight to ten weeks to do nothing, Daniel. Like that, eight to ten weeks should. Probably a two-week break, obviously, give your body a little bit of a deload, but then you should be hitting the ground running with like a big strength program for eight, 10, 12 weeks, depending. Obviously, from my background, obviously coming from the Gaelic and stuff as well, what I found was I had never, like obviously I was on the smaller side of things and uh, I probably needed the physical stuff. I never really kind of had anybody to say, look, Keith, as soon as this season's over, okay, you need to get in the gym and you need to do this, 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 and eat this, this, and this. There was never kind of any of that. It was, yeah, we'll go to January and then we'll start. We'll do a little bit of weight and stuff. It, was, it wasn't it was wasn't any beneficial to you when you came to the season. It wasn't long enough of a block, as Sean said. You need four months there of, of lifting and stuff like that and working on technique, especially if you're a beginner. You want to be moving correctly because injuries will play a part then if you're not moving properly, so. I would generally say get into the gym straight away after training. Get somebody to look after your training. If, you ha- if you're with a club and they haven't got a strength conditioning coach, get somebody that know somebody that has a good background. Obviously, there's more people than me and Sean about as well. Uh, but get in and get moving properly and then kind of build a base and then go from there. And what, what way does that work then, like, in terms of strength? Like, could you do that strength training when you are back playing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a big uh, big thing with GA players is obviously Tuesday, Thursday, and a game the weekend is yeah, generally yeah. Uh, goes. And a lot of players, unfortunately, are not willing to do that extra bit of work. But you know, you look at say, for example, some of the boxers uh, in the high performance team. I know it's high performance. I know it's a little bit different. But they're allowed to train in maybe ten sessions, ten to twelve sessions a week. So there's no burnout there. You know, you can work on these different components of fitness. And training Tuesday and Thursday on the pitch gives you Monday, Wednesday and Friday to be in the gym. You don't have to hammer yourself. You don't have to hammer the same components. You don't have to hammer the, the cardiovascular system all, all the time. Work on your strength during them extra two to three days that you, that, that you have, particularly in, in the non-competitive side of the season because, you know, you, you'll recover and be able to go again then for, for, when, for when, when the time is right. Because I, I always find that, I think it adds up a fear. Like, you go and do those weights that you haven't been doing for t- 11 months, then you're in bits with doms, like you're in bits for a couple of days, and then you're thinking, I can't do weight training in the season. If, I'm, if I do weights on a Wednesday and I'm training on a Thursday night, I'll be in bits, I won't be able to walk. You know, so maybe there, there's a bit of a re-education there for, for GA players. Do you think it's improved since you, since you were playing? Oh, yeah. Even a lot of some of the, the low players and stuff that would come to the gym here and stuff like that, they generally have the specific warm-ups and stuff like that right. uh, and like primal muscles and stuff it's not like they're just coming in and lifting and stuff they're a lot more educated and stuff like that so it's kind of a bit more education and stuff for uh, younger lads coming in and then like obviously the developing teams you can see we have a couple here and that as well and they started already lifting and stuff so that's great to see 
So when they come to 80 and 90, and they'll know what they're doing already. So probably just changing, probably just their generation that was just probably not educated enough on the, the whole strength and conditioning side of things. Brilliant, brilliant insight there from the lads. You can see how passionate they are. Really good speakers. And they know their stuff. I really enjoyed that channel. really came away from myself. But the thing is, I most came away from it and what I want to share to you, with you today to save you signing up and just getting it out there <coughs> is something I did myself. And we, we, it, it's talking about goals. And, and Sean kind of introduced it here now. The other thing, I suppose, we're into our own. If you can write down a couple of goals, three or four goals for yourself, and they maybe hit them goals after three to four weeks, it'll give you something to work towards as opposed to just going out to train for nothing. Yeah. You know, give, yourself, give yourself that goal. You know, measure the flexibility of your, of, your hand, of your hamstrings. Simple things you can do at home. Measure how many press-ups that you can do in a minute. Measure them certain things and then try to improve on them every, every, every week or you know, the end goal of maybe four to six weeks. Uh, but if you set yourself a goal, it might be a little bit easier to, to, to follow, to get up and get moving. I thought that was brilliant. I went and did my goals as well for the for the end of lockdown. It's just something to focus on. Um, even if you think it's stupid or whatever, I'm, I'm doing it stupid. But if you do choose to do it, I found it a great aid during this this third lockdown we're, we're having. Um, fair play to the two lads. Um, thanks very much for coming on uh, for listening to the podcast. That clears it up. So no excuses now. Get out there and do your goals and send them in to me. I've, I've been plaguing people all week. See, have they done them? But um, yeah, that's another that's another podcast, 129 in the can, another 80 there on Patreon. If you want to sign up, um, patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. Loads happening. Should have your two podcasts during the week. Possibly talk about motions and transfers, um, exciting stuff like that. And I'll usually have an interview as well. If I'm talking to you then, I'll chat to you then. And if not, I will get you next Sunday again. And uh, great to chat to you. And if not, you can hit me up on the social Loud and Proud on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And no, I'm not just on TikTok just yet. But um, thanks very much. Enjoy your enjoy your week and uh, mind yourself if you can look after someone else. Good luck. Sing it loud, sing it proud.